Peace. This is Corey, your trainer, Corey, off the wonderful Off Strength podcast. You know what it is. Yo, make sure you like, listen, and subscribe. Check us out. Thank you for tuning in. Tell your friends, tell your mama, tell your cousins, tell your aunties, tell that girl that you don't want to talk to. That's an excuse you can say this to her. Subscribe to Off the Strength. Off the Strength.com, Off the Strength underscore on IG. Holla at your boy. Cut, print, beautiful, dino mic, guys. That All right, was guys. Great. <laughs> uh, we're colored. Yeah, I was about to say, we're happy and we're singing. <laughs> And unfortunately, I got some negative news coming back in for one of these projects, but it was also fascinating to see that the power of a pivot, guys, was able to rally some interest from other parties inside that direction because you know what time it is, man. One door closing, another door opening, and I just feel uplifted by the fact that I can even have a realistic ass conversation about that. How y'all got a head start and y'all still lost? Y'all the type to get stole from and the type I will still off. Who you know this pilot's but still raw, still even kill, fed no man, talking nada. Nail dogs, scroll skimming long, live my brother Mikey in the whip right before I peel off. Said I put up like Batman, but instead I ain't rich, I'm a black man, but I got hands, so let's do it. Walk em, walk em, walk em, walk em. I will pack man, ball kind, like the church league champs, like I'm packed in. First you turn 12, but the pack 10, packed in the whip, I'm sure you What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome back to yet another episode of Off the Strength, we're giving you the inside look into all things wellness culture. I'm a trainer called Tony, and of course, with me, I have some gentlemen of extraordinary league guys let's go across the room and introduce ourselves please you're a trainer Corey, aka your favorite trainer's favorite trainer kr jones is in the building that's right folks we are back and ladies and gentlemen boys and girls listeners of all type you are now in store for a treat because it's the return of the variety show that's when we give you our best foot forward so hopefully you take your best foot forward you do that two-step that tango whatever it is you need to do to make it on through the week with the best goddamn wellness information i like a possible rumble. You could do a rumba too, man. Matter of fact, Corey, how the hell you doing this week, brother? How you doing? Man, I'm actually doing really great. I, I, I got to go down. I got to see my mom and my dad, spend some time with them, have some really good conversations, some in-depth stuff. I feel refreshed. I didn't realize how much I needed to connect with my parents until I got back down there. You know, sometimes you don't know what you what you need until you get it. Man, that's beautiful. You brother. know, I yeah. really appreciate that. Brother Jones, what's on your menu this week, man? How you feeling? Shout out to brother Renee. I actually got to meet him via FaceTime. Yeah, he pulled, up. he pulled up and gave the whole dad FaceTime thing the with whole just mad point. forehead. Facts. Yeah, he not gave, fully focused. Nah, in not in the focus. Yeah. Of, you know, saying hi over top of the phone. It was a good look, though. He got I love that, him. man. Uh, but man, I, I would like to say that I'm in a great space, but the, the week has been heavy, man. With How so? With just the, the balancing of the that that weight of the world man and, and happiness and entrepreneurialism and family and friends you know i, I think it, it's a time where i'm happy the seasons are changing and the weather is warm and things are opening up but you know the the reality of the vid and the vaccine and unemployment all of that shit is still very real yeah speaking man. of before we jump yo we need to warn these people. Everybody's out here wilding. I was just in Florida, so I know it's crazy. You know, sorry, Florida, what? Florida's wide open. Florida's mm-hmm. a little crazy. So we need to issue a nice hot vac summer warning. Let mm-hmm. everybody know. You know, just because you vaccinated for COVID doesn't mean you vaccinated for everything else. Let's yeah. Be, let's keep ourselves in line a little bit. Whatever it may be, don't let summer entice you into making some bad decisions. Did you see that CNN reported that condom sales were 
skyrocketing through this week. I'm, I'm just glad they buying them. I hope they trying them. Hey, man, you know Jeez. what? You know what I'm saying? In other news this week. Hey, uh, man, you wear guys, raincoats in the summer? You ever seen the serial you number know, on the bottom? Hey, listen, you know, so, uh, yeah, this week I was happy to be able to rebound, fellas, in my own court, my own direction. You know what? I came off of pitching a lot of stuff, and I don't know if the listeners, we've actually had to talk about that for a second, but I've been doing some work in front of and behind the cameras, um, which is all green territory for me and I got a few different things that are projects in motion passion projects inside of wellness trying to expand the whole conversation that we're having here into the world that I know it's going to be one day and unfortunately I got some negative news coming back in for one of these projects but it was also fascinating to see that the power of a pivot guys was able to rally some interest from other parties inside that direction because you know what time it is, man. And it, it was like one door closing, another door opening and just reminding again, fam, we're talking about doing documentary shit, we're talking about doing show shit, we're talking about doing all the rest of this kind of stuff. I know where I was at when I started this journey. I know where this journey is going. And I just feel uplifted by the fact that I can even have a realistic ass conversation about that. So even a no in that direction is a fucking fantastic no. Let's give it up for Tony's no. You know what I'm saying? Spike tone on the camera right there. You know what I mean? (laughs) My man, when it comes to the time where I'm going to get a chance to look back, I want to make sure that I took every shot that I was supposed to take on the way here. And if anybody ever had to ask me that I have any regrets, I'm going to say, as you're asking a professional, God damn it. No, I did not. So I made sure that I did everything oh, I was supposed to do. So segue strike we are in. back. <laughs> we here to play. I need to get everybody up to date. What is going on with ATP this week? That the people in this institution and in the White House are really losing contact and not knowing what's going on with the American people. In case you don't know. All right, for this ask the professionals, the ATP sliding in is coming in from the clients this time. The question is, how often should I work out to stay in shape? It's the wide open, how often should I work out to stay in shape? That is a vague ass question. But it's something we get constantly. I've gotten this so many times and we need to just go ahead and get this. If you want to see results, a full change. But it ain't happening. At minimum, you need three days a week consistently right i'm talking monday wednesday friday tuesday thursday saturday however you needed to make work for you that's bare minimum but that's also of consistency right and as brother tone alluded to before about one of the biggest misconceptions about personal training is that it is personal which means you personally need to make this happen by a minimum three days a week for however long and you don't need to think about you know, this is for the season. Think about a lifestyle change. This isn't for the summer. This isn't for abs. This isn't for your high school reunion or to get back at your ex. This is solely for you to make a lifestyle change. Yeah. So in that direction, I'm always a a preacher of the doctrine of specificity. So if the question isn't specific, it's hard to give you a specific answer. And in that direction, because there's a lot of ambiguity in what you can call being in shape, there is too much variance to really narrow down a specific term. So I like the recommendation of three days a week, but I know some people who can get it done in two that work out extremely hard in those two days. So what are you willing to put in? And what are you willing to be okay with? I would say put that back into whatever this user's uh, question was. 
What's your definition hard set on being in shape? Are you willing to do everything that it costs to get there? Because if being in shape means you look like a professional athlete, then you got to do professional athlete level of work. If being in shape means that you can show up and be functional for your base level of activity, wherever that is, then there's probably a recommendation that kind of goes back into what Brother Jones was saying. Or if being in shape really just means being able to have the ability to get up, move around and just enjoy life, it's a different requirement, right? So the more truthful you can be with your own answer and your own definition, the better the prescription can get. Again, very vague question, wide open, but it comes in so often, I feel like we just needed to address it. I would say when you're looking at it, look at it from a what am I going to do everyday thing. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to quote unquote work out, like pick up some weights, run some whatever, run some sprints, but you should be doing something with the intention of advancing your wellness and your well-being every day. So don't look at it as a X amount of times a week. Look at it. What am I going to do this day versus this day? If I put in this work, what is my recovery? If I if have I have I taken care of all of my other physical, mental and emotional needs and put that all into being in shape? Because if you just do performance, if you just want to take it to a performance side, you still should have some other things you should be doing. But if you want to really talk about making a difference in your life, you want to make it more holistic trying to make sure that you take that holistic lifestyle forward now if there was a place and a time and a direction that he can keep asking these questions and others about how you can get true inside information from the best goddamn mind in this wellness arena brother jones where would the good listeners out there have to go on instagram at off the strength underscore or if you visit our website at off the you can check in tap in get with us get with us and that's how you figure out how to get fit cut maybe even ripped if you oh look at that Corey did a he did a segue (laughs) i like it I celebrate this. Yes. That was a Euro step. I like where you did it. Right there. Because we three black guys and all black. (laughs) (laughs) I told you, this this was not intended. Negros in Paris right here. Yeah, you know, anybody that's watching this, this was not an intentional thing. (laughs) But it's time, damn it. It's time for that rip from the headlines. And you know when we come into this direction, we got to give you some of the good, the bad, and the ugly. But fellas, I'm going to tell you, I'm in a mood of abundance this week. Because there's an abundant amount of good information coming in, and I did not want to put any kind of damper on this amount of shine, specifically from one woman in particular. Naomi Osaka is having a hell of a week, fellas. Did you yes. know this? Yes. Are you aware of what this woman has been doing? I've seen what she did to Serena. First, first of all, well, yeah, you know, changing the guard, passing the torch, shout out to both of these people on the Pantheon of what tennis greats are going to be, Brother Kyle. But yes, the, the times are changing. So I'm going in that direction. See, that's the power of a pivot right there, my friend. I like how you did that. <laughs> Drop that P word one more time for me. Power of a pivot, my friend. Power of the pivot. <laughs> nah, I was talking Position about the Pantheon with Pantheon. Uh, you know, we, we right up in here. Toy. <laughs> so Naomi Osaka is having a hell of a week, guys. First thing that I noticed is that she is receiving Sportswoman of the Year for the work that she had displayed in putting a lot of what her on-court performance was in that last year when she was beating Serena. She was coming out onto the courts wearing face masks that had the names of all the people that were coming across and suffering from any of the violence or racist acts that across here. And people said that 
that really shifted what the narrative of what tennis players would have to speak about on one side. So she got Sportswoman of the Year as the first check in the box. Then I'm continuing to do the Googles and I'm seeing Naomi is not only doing the work on the front line and raising awareness, but Naomi came across and she's actually opening up her second and third tennis academy in Haiti and in Los Angeles for kids of all different types to get a chance to play the game that she loves. If that wasn't enough, Naomi also announced that she's teaming up with Sweet Greens as their first athlete that is going to be doing a national campaign coming off of there. And still, this woman was not done yet. She has also, in this very same week, announced that she was dropping a personal brand of makeup and bikinis as well. The prom time player moves. That's right, PTP. PTP, baby! <laughs> Her other half, other half is putting out an album soon, too, man. I'm telling you, I don't know how many different things Naomi has accomplished this week, but I love to see the legacy of that torch being passed forward and her being able to shine as brightly as she can fellas out of all the things that i just talked about what do you think is going to be one of the most impactful things that we remember about this week in naomi osaka's career well since you laid it out so eloquently i'm gonna jump out there and say that sweet green partnership it's huge it's huge just because you know when you think along the lines of the athletes and food endorsements i'm thinking about michael jordan and lebron and mcdonald's but to see something that's healthy even though i'm ashamed to say that i have paid 15 dollars for a salad from sweet green or more times than i care to tell you but I'm happy that she is behind it in, in getting people to galvanize behind this wellness. There we go. Brother Speaking Corey. of galvanizing, I, I, I got to say it's, it's, it's the wearing of the masks and opening room for that conversation to happen in tennis because athletes have so much power, so much power that other people try to tell them they don't. Yeah, shut up and so, dribble, do this, do that. Exactly. Yeah. Even, even washed older athletes trying to tell present athletes that they shouldn't talk because I couldn't. You hear that a lot, too. So in order to really move the narrative forward, everybody kind of has to be on the same page. And if every sport gets involved and it's more than just football and basketball and it starts being all these other sports involved, then that solidarity across the board starts affecting different people because it's a different audience for tennis than there is for basketball. Absolutely. So that same message is now hitting a completely different group of people. And that's the thing, Corey. You talk about the impact that's going to have and the generations that's going to change. I can't sit here and have watched Venus and Serena's long legacy of a career, see what they were doing when they were first starting. And it was the massive sensation of them just destroying everybody who was playing that sport and not understand how they handed that baton off to Naomi yeah. in a realistic way. And ceremoniously, Naomi had to give Serena that work to Brother Kyle's uh, point that he brought up earlier. Her right? backhand was nuts. It was great, but I know where she learned it from, right? right? It's a different type of game. And I think about the people who are playing basketball versus the people who are watching tennis, and I have to look at that and say, you know, fellas, I love to see these strong women taking over the sport and really dominating it. But why do you think that there's not a lot of black men being or men of color being involved in this sport of tennis? Is there any reason in particular? That you think it might be the length of the shorts. Length of the shorts. Okay. I see where Corey's going. Can't <laughs> have the old Balls Johnson maneuver. <laughs> yeah, you can't be out here swinging. <laughs> Whoosh. Swinging, you know what I mean? Whoosh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we hit you, the wrong you, ball. Can't, you can't have the meat and the potatoes going a different I, direction. I get it. I get it. I didn't know what the answer was, but I'm like, we watched two generations change, you know, where the sport was going. Like, what, what's up, Kyle? 
I would solely think uh, more along the lines of just that barrier of entry. Mm. You know, uh, it, it's not spoke about often, but to get into a tennis club is is up there in hierarchy when you think of like golf clubs and, and things of that nature and country clubs. Those are spaces that a lot of black people just don't occupy, especially black males. So tennis is an elite sport because it's not necessarily an Americanized sport because it is global and because there is stuff like the Australia Open and things of that nature. So through that lens, how many black men, you know, have been to Australia? That's American black men, not like the Aborigines that was forced there and we ain't even got to get into that conversation. But understand that it's just not as accessible as most people would like to think. Taking that a little bit further, too, is it's not just inaccessible because of the eliteness of it. It's expensive and it's not available. There's there's no tennis courts in the hood. They just roll dice. <laughs> but like you might find a handball court, but you can't play tennis on a handball court. You could probably play tennis on a basketball court if you put a net up, but you go have a fight. You know, there's not a lot of places to just go out and play tennis right quick. And if you look at the majority of our elite athletes that you look at in all the other sports, that most of them are from the hood. There's no tennis courts in the hood. I understand and I look forward to seeing a day where accessibility continues to be expanded across inside there. But I still say champion to Naomi Osaka coming from there. Absolutely. And staying on the topic of accessibility, fellas, I have to look at our hip hop community again. And I have to champion everything that I'm seeing coming from the brother Big Sean coming out of Detroit. I know if you listen to any of Big Sean's music, you know this brother's been dealing with some serious stuff on the last couple of albums. Is that right, fellas? Yeah, yeah, he definitely Most definitely. You know, and he lives it pretty much how he talks it is, is what I'm seeing inside here. So when I saw in an article from the Detroit Press that Big Sean and his mom actually put out a series of them having conversations about mental health and wellness, I have to give this brother the biggest round of applause and put him inside the good this week because this is the work that you need to do to truthfully be able to break intergenerational curses that we're trying to face each and every way. So the, the video series goes on and discusses an assortment of topics, including meditation, diet, sleep, rhythms of how you're supposed to be eating and mindset all the way through here. So for all of this to be unpacked by a rapper, fellas, I have to ask the question, is preventative health and hip hop, something that is going to be here to stay. Because I love seeing it come in. I want this energy to stay upright. Again, if you haven't had a chance to look at these videos, it's on his Instagram page and on his website. Please do check it out. How do you feel about hip hop taking a little bit more responsibility and trying to get people the information that they need before they need it? I mean, first off, it makes sense because that's who we listen to. That's who the culture listens to. So, you know, you, you can it's I don't even have to go into the trouble of pointing out how much hip hop has in the in the influence of the culture. So someone who has a voice using that voice for something good for everyone is always going to be a benefit. Plus, we always highlight all the time how much money is available in this wellness sphere. So if you talk about something that makes sense and makes money. No brainer. I couldn't agree more. I think about that uh, that deep reverence track that Big Sean has with Nipsey. And really, I, I was listening to it the other day when I was biking. But that last verse that Big Sean put on 
really got me he to understand mentally. like where he came from because he not only addresses his mental health but the way that it spoke of it's it's all over the place it's almost sporadic like he goes from people hating him who never met him to like actually striving and meditating every single day to have a better day so i can only champion him for this work that he's doing and to your question as far as if it's here to stay this is the integration that we have worked towards I feel like I have a part in this. And we talked about Rick Ross and that that app that he had, like the virtual doctor um, lane that he was in just because of the seizures and the, the health issues that he faced. So this hip hop and wellness merger is happening. Whether you're going to be here and a part of it, that's another conversation, but it's here to stay. The feeling is alive and well. The state of our union is expanding. You will hear it. And damn it, I like the idea of us planting the flag and saying that we are part of this because that's how I felt about the shit from the beginning off the strength. Fellas, now we did talk through a lot of the good. There was two double dose of good. Now we're going to have to switch into some bad stuff this week, my man. And as I switch into the bad this week, I have to take a look at recalling treadmills and also a callback to our episode that we last put out and we're gonna have to have a little bit of a conversation about peloton so you remember the organization that i was talking about last time we had this conversation that did not have the power to actually make peloton recall these treadmills that were injuring people well finally i'm happy to report that they are starting to roll back their treadmills. All that is Tony's report. I, I really do think that I was on the front line for this. All, that, all that was you, fam. You did it. You saved lives. But here's the other thing, Corey. So we're reminded that everything that was pulling back in, and they are actually doing a recall, and there's going to be a few months between when they're going to be able to get the safety standards up to date and actually get the best consumer product facing the front side. The other side of this story, and this is why I need people to pay attention to everything, because I'm reminded of the conversation that we actually had on the phone, where Brother Jones was telling me that he's trying to get rid of the stock. I said, no, my friend, you need to pay attention to what's happening because in the midst of all this bad information coming out, their stock went up 6% in the midst of them having to do a massive recall with horrible PR and everything else inside here. And this is how we play the wealth game, my friend. If you look at everything else that I I will take credit for talking about, Corey, Peloton has been making a lot of mergers and acquisitions that don't have nothing to do with this treadmill. The mergers and acquisitions that they have made have a green pathway that they could take back every one of these treadmills that they have sold, clear out this week, two weeks of bad press, and still be going in the right direction for everything else. So when the stock is low, my friend, you best be buying. And they're up again, and they're going to continue to go up in that direction. This is a bad segment because they had to do the recall, but I would say make sure and when we're playing the game, folks, we keep ourselves informed to the fullest extent of the primetime players in our arena because they always have a long-term goal. PTPs. One, one PTPs, mistake doesn't brother. diminish quality like when a pretty girl farts. You know, it depends on how pretty she is, but we are going to transition from this position that we're in right now. And hopefully we can get a little clearer. Because that's going to be from the good, the bad, and the ugly this week. And we don't have to switch it to the moment of clarity. Right? All <laughs> the gas matters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I run that back. Thank God for granting me this moment of clarity. I got the privilege to go down and talk to my parents. And one of the things that we talk about a bunch of times is like giving your friends their flowers. Right? So I went down there with the intention of giving my parents their flowers. 
Like I, I realized I've, I've told my parents I love them and all that stuff, but I didn't tell them specifically like what they've done at parent as parents that made my life so much better. And I speak on my privilege a lot, but I don't necessarily give the credit where the credit is due. Right. So I went down to my parents and we, I sat them down at the table and I was like, look, I want to talk to y'all about some of the things that I know my friends and my peers and my equals have to overcome that I just don't. And one of those things is most of the generational curses that we talk about. So my parents, they grew up in the hood, both of them grew up in the projects, not too far away from each other um, in the stock. And they, um, they, by the time they got married and got out, I grew up in Long Island. So they, they got out of the, I've never in my life had any kind of financial woes that I knew of. Like any money problems they had, at least I didn't see them. So that was one thing I never had to deal with. They definitely come from abuse in the past. They definitely have felt that. I, I experienced some of what I saw from my grandparents on both sides. None of that came to me. And I just realized that from all the things that everyone else I know has to experience, not to say that my life is like pristine and I don't have to deal with anything, but most of us in this generation are trying to overcome some level of generational curse and overcome something. And I wanted to give them the flowers for doing that before I got there. Before I was born, a lot of that was out of my way. And then I got to really unpack some of the other things and talk to them about how I was raised and how that affected me. And then my decision to not have children once I got to a certain age, because I I saw their example of how to properly raise a child. And I, at that time, didn't have the right person to raise a child with. I hadn't found her. So I didn't want to do it. And their example of how a child should be raised and what you should be able to give to your child is the absolute best of what you have. And I, at the time that I was ready to have children, I couldn't find a partner that I felt could help me create the environment that I had as a child rearing. And now that I'm older, that time has passed and I'm fine with it because one of the things that I also told them and they were, they felt comfortable with, because I know most parents want grandchildren. So what I told them is that I always say you're responsible for your circle, right? And I don't, I don't have a circle, so to speak. Like I got them and that's pretty much it. But I get to affect all these other people and I get to take all this energy that would have gone to like raising a child or building up this family and put it into other people. And that's part of what, and that's the, the root of what motivates me to help others is the fact that I feel like I have excess. And I feel like I have extra love and extra energy that I get to give to other people who didn't get it or can't get it or need it in different capacity and, and fields. And I just wanted to I wanted to show them that love and I wanted to share that with y'all because I know there's probably there's definitely other people listening who didn't have to overcome some of these things. And I know how sometimes when you have that conversation, you feel a level of privilege. And you don't know what to do with it. Well, use that. At least that's what I decided to do is use that privilege to help. Use that to assist. If somebody pushed you up, then you pull up two, three more. And I, I feel like that's the main thing that I, that I was feeling and I was appreciating. So I wanted to share that with my folk and share that with y'all. And moving this, moving this forward and through, I want to um, jump this question into y'all. On the line of these generational curses, Brother Tone, we'll start off with you if we could. Tell me about these generational curses and what you've done to overcome or begin to overcome some of those hurdles that you have in front of you. Yeah, man. First, I just want to commend you for uh, just even having the ability to do that with your parents because that's a that's a tremendous amount of growth. Shout out to the veteran Renee, man. They, they, they made that space open for me. Yeah, man. Commendable. Commendable. My story is not unique in the fact that I would say 
you know, struggle was not something that was too far from how I had to come up in a lot of different ways. Now, is it as bad as my parents had it, kind of similar to yours? No, but most of the things that I had to overcome, I've seen people that I really care about fall subject to. And that could be in the physical sense, the diabetes, the high blood pressure, the drug addictions, the things that you guys know where I live in that existence. Like I'm not thinking about more than a month ago where I'm talking about real clear presence of like, this is my family lineage of all the stuff that I'm looking at. I see people dying earlier than they needed to die. That's the main thing that I'm trying to clear from my family legacy, whether it's we couldn't deal with the mental health issues that we really needed to, and we've sought out to medicate them in different directions, in different ways. Or if we inherited a system of oppression and that a system of oppression put different types of pressures on people and they didn't know how to alleviate that pressure themselves. So they sought to put that pressure into other existences or financially, they just were a little constrained. So we did the best that we could in these government housing buildings. And some of that means that you have to get a little bit more resourceful to do different things to bring more money in that probably wouldn't come in. Like I come to this table with my life not necessarily being a crystal stair. And in that direction, this is why I never look at anybody really harshly and judge them because the circumstances that you inherited made you do a lot of the things that you had to do, right? And I really want to stress that, had to do. So I come from a legacy of people that had to do a lot. And from every one of those people, I got a little bit of something. And if they put something into me to make me not have to do a lot of the same things that they had to do, I got to change what I'm doing. And I got to take that and invest it into like my little brother. My little brother kind of sounds like he grew up more like where you did, yeah. where he's in a situation where at that point in time where he came along, my parents had stable income. They were in a different position. He grew up with, he actually had green grass. His outlook on the world, my outlook on the world, because our point of departure were radically different, we don't look at the world and appreciate the world the same way. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't still get some of the things that are vestiges of that old world. So as I come in and I could be able to be that middle position and look at the old world, look at the new world, look at everything that's different in between and try to come up with another formulation, my cure for the generational curse is to really put everything at the forefront and really take what I have gotten, speak about it in a different way and try to educate backwards and forwards at the same time. Because it's not just about my little brother, it's about my parents too. I'm trying to get them to move better. I'm trying to get them to have more invested in this thing that we call wellness because I know the value that comes from it. So that's the cure that I'm really trying to push omnipresent in every direction. That's beautiful, bro. I appreciate you, man. I tell you what, one of the one of the things that um I also gave my parents a lot of props for is that one big curse that we that we've carried as a culture is the the inability to express love. My father always told me he loved me. I, every time I get off the phone with my father, I say I love you. He says I love you back. Every time my mother, the same thing. We hug. Like there's a there's an affection sometimes that seems to be missing in our you know in our culture a lot, and that's another thing that carries and it's heavy. pick this question a little bit to the spiritual advisor when you talk about those generational curses that affect our ability to be 
connected to the spirit, to be open to the spirit. Talk to me about what we see and what we can use to overcome, what tools we can use. I think that when you get into your spirit, it, it's so much more than just the being that we are. I think a lot of times people get caught up in the flesh, you know, and you know, when you think about your feelings, that's something that you feel. It's not tangible. I, I can't, I can't take it out of me and put it on the table. You know what I'm saying? This is something that is inside. And when you think about humanity, everybody can relate to universal feelings. Everyone knows what love feels like. Everyone knows what a hardship feels like. They know what loneliness feels like. They know what scarcity feels like. They know what abundance feels like. So when you tap into your humane instinct that I don't like the way this feels or I love the way this feels, I think that's when those curses can start to break down. When you were just talking about your pops and, and sharing love, my father told me that his father never told him he loved him. And by him telling me that, I can tell how hurt he was by that and how much me just saying I love you meant to him to hear as a dad you know um and that was a, a generational curse that like i had to break down in that regard man you know and that's some real shit. and and honestly because of the relationship my father had with his father i think my dad has accomplished everything that he set out in life to now he doesn't have anybody pushing him he doesn't have any accountability so that generational curse is now I'm filling that void. Now I'm the one that's on them. Yo, did you work out today? Yo, did you move today? Did you stretch? What are you eating? What are you doing? And, and I have to check in on him because I know that's not a relationship he had with his pops. So granted, I don't have children, but I know that if and when I do later in life, that the relationship that me and my child is going to have is going to be 10 times more than the relationship I had with my dad. 20 times more than the relationship he had with him and his father and just taking that and making sure that the Jones legacy can go and live. And that's through the spirit that I have, through the, the understanding that I have right now. So you added the nurturing. I had to. In the process of raising. Yeah, man. I know he's going to transition, but I had to hit that. Like, yo, I don't know when my father actually told me that he loved me but i know i was like 25 when i actually told my father that i love him and this was after years of not speaking to him how did he react to it he did not say it back to me he was just kind of like all right you yeah thank thank you like it was it was uncomfortable for him and it took years of me just keep saying it before he actually said it back so like and that's why i was like when you said that i was like damn man i, I know what that day felt like where it's just kind of like yo like i understand and you never have to give me those words. You never have to say you're sorry, but I really do appreciate and I love you like in a real way. Like, I know what you wanted to do. I know what you did do. I know what you couldn't do. And I still love you. And it took him a while to be able to deal with that. But I know how that's going to change everybody else's future going forward, man. That's heavy, bro. I, t I tell you, it's, um, I love hearing y'all talk about certain things because you really get that, that, that love out and that understanding. And it's real heavy to take on the weight of like carrying emotion for your family, especially when they're older than you. That's, that's, that's a heavy joint. 
That really is. It's real, bro. It's real. I'm only uplifted by, and I, again, didn't want to harp too much on that, but I'm uplifted by the newer legacy of where men are taking it. And I got champion the brother TB, man. I yeah. see him and his little homie, Sage. He tells that brother every day that he loves him. Yes, he does. In every way that he loves him. And that's going to change that man's future irreconcilably. He's hearing that at not even two, three, like all the way up through his life. I know I'm proud of this brother. Brother, I need to let you know again, salute to my brother TB Elite for what he's doing for the next generation of men in every single way. And he really is. Raising that goddamn bar, man. I really gotta go into that direction. So. Raising that sage, raising that bar. Come on now, you know. Change, yeah, yeah. Changing outcomes out here, fellas. Man, I feel like this has just been one of those vulnerable city kind of <laughs> kind of modes. It's the Rose and vulnerability. <laughs> of course. And to continue that same line of energy in our conversation, it was dawning on me the idea of getting out of your own way. Uh, just this idea of self-sabotage. You know, I think a lot of times we get comfortable. And when you get comfortable, you get lazy. That, that's, that's pretty simple, you know. And behavioral patterns are, are often overlooked and normalized simply at the idea that change is just too much or it's unattainable or you're too far behind to catch up to where you really need to be. You need to make change in order for there to be change. That's the first part of it, right? Now, I want people to think about a problem that they're facing, right? Uh, Think about all the things that you tell yourself that could go wrong. Now, entertain me just for this this little bit, right? What if everything went right? What if the best possible case scenario actually worked out in your favor? There's a huge difference between being prepared for anything and anticipating the worst in everything. There's a thin line. And I think, uh, you know, being as someone that plays in that realm, I, I often will fall back on mantras and things that I would just tell myself, right? That positive self-talk. One of them was, I am attached to nothing and open to everything. That mantra allowed me to set my intentions and my expectations for whatever came, right? So, Brother Tony, y'all know you always talk about we aren't entitled to the end result. We're only entitled to the work that you put in, right? If you aren't putting in that work, you are self-sabotaging or at least running the risk of self-sabotage, right? Now, Brother Corey. Sir. I'm going to come to you, coming in hot. Can you think of a time that you had to make a behavioral change just to elevate to that next level? Yeah, it was mad recent. Um, yeah, honestly, it's mad recent. I'm, I'm gonna put it out there. I had a conversation with y'all, and you were like, "Yo, you're not giving us your 100. You're not 100 focused on what we're doing." And I had to really listen to what you were saying and really evaluate and say, "What am I doing? How do I feel like I'm putting in energy?" But then my my boys who were who were honest with me are telling me they don't feel it. So I had to look at what I was really doing and take a look at my my consistent behavior on am I am I constantly checking in? Am I checking myself the way that I advise everybody else to check themselves? You know, am I doing all the self-evaluation? I'm doing it in other realms. I'm doing it with my own mental health. I'm doing it with some parts of my work. I'm doing it with my training, but I wasn't doing it with this. So I fixed it. 
I went back, I looked at it, I, I pointed out some things that are wrong, I gave myself a list, I dove into it and I started putting in those steps. And now it's on me to continue to check up on those steps, to continue to reevaluate, and continue to check in when, and make sure that I'm putting in the effort that I need to put in and I'm present all the time when I need to be. But when you're balancing multiple things, you can easily let yourself not focus on one single thing, especially when this is so natural, you know? So that's a perfect example. Appreciate you for, for sharing that. Love for it, brother. Yeah. Now, brother Tone, can you speak of any self-sabotage you may have experienced in the past that propelled you forward today? Absolutely. Procrastination is probably the one that comes up to the forefront. That's the highest level. And I, I mean, there was a a need for some type of pressure at some points in life for me to feel like I, I can raise up to that level of performance, kind of like similar to what you're saying, Corey. If I took it for granted that I know I can get to here, now I don't need to put that kind of time, energy and effort into it. I can, I know I can get to here, right? And be like, if I can show up, take a class, not do the homework and get a B in the class, that's probably what I'm going to do, right? Could I have gotten an A? Yeah, but how often in life am I going to show up like that, right? And then after a while, how often is that a or that B, not truly what that B really should be at a certain point in time. Maybe I'm just living in my highlight reel and that B is really a C or a fucking F, truthfully. And in that direction, procrastination was something that kept me in a position where I was self-sabotaging. And I would say more recently, it's kind of that imposter syndrome that ends up playing out in different rays and shapes. I fought a long fight to get into different positions that legitimately nobody in my my spectrum has been in. So when you get into that room, it's kind of like, yo, am I supposed to be here? Like, this shit, this shit don't feel the same. I could be talking to people doing legislation on one day. I could be talking to people making buildings the next day. I could be talking to people deep in Silicon Valley the day after that. And it it seems crazy to say until you look at it in the full spectrum. For me, I know why I'm doing all of this stuff because it all funnels into the same direction. But some points in times, I do fall into that pitfall where it's kind of like, yo, this is this is wild shit. Like, I don't even know why I'm in here. Real talk, you know what I mean? But then I recognize the fact that, you no, know, everything that came before with people, not even me, everything that I've had invested in me is why I feel credible going into these positions. And it takes a little while to, to recognize where the sabotage starts and stops and get out of my own way. Beautifully put, brother. I mean, I think it would only be right if I give the people the tools. You must. So I got to dig into the tool bag right here. So I'm going to give you the K.R. Jones three-step process to get your ass up out of the self-sabotage, right? Mm-hmm. One, two, three, A, B, C, line them up just like that. Right? With the Thule. With the Thule. <laughs> now, number one, right? You have to identify when you are self-sabotaging. Call that shit out. Straight up. Don't wait for it. Don't dwell in it. Damn, I'm doing this right now, right? First step. Second step is give yourself grace for allowing the self-sabotage to happen happens to the best of us you can't escape it we here now are we here we're here now that's exactly where we are right step three last step to this i'm just realizing that it says two instead of three uh did you just self-sabotage <laughs> i just self-sabotage <laughs> self right myself 
Damn it. Step three, actively make a behavioral change, right? Now, when I think about a behavioral change, it can be as simple as drinking more water, going to sleep earlier, stretching before bed, or it can be as complex as just revamping your whole life, right? Because sometimes you're just in the wrong behavioral path and you spiraled in it and you need a whole change, a whole look, a whole outlook approach. Everything has to change, right? The three things are the job I have, the place I live, and my happiness in my relationship, right? Those are the three things, the relationship, the job, where I live. If you feel like you're off, one of those things has to change or maybe all three of them got to change. That's just kind of where I'm coming from. That's the three-step process right there. So if your life ain't right, dump her. If your life ain't right, you're going to have to give her the two-step to tango. You're going to have to get your ass up out of there. Moving on. <laughs> That's just how it has to work. You know, or him. I don't want it to be her. It could be him. It's whoever. whoever. It could be a pet. I don't care who it is. Put your best self for it so that once you raise that bar, mm-hmm. you can sit back and you can relax responsibly just a little bit. There we go. I'm right. not going to say anything about that segment towards the end. And I'm going to relax responsibly. What's our name? I'm going to be the hell out of that one. <laughs> oh, it's going to be some, it's going to be some comments. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and just slide on in. Underscore. Now, when I talk about relax responsibly, man, this week specifically, I got a chance to ride my bike in the rain. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, brothers, but riding your bike in the rain is it's just one of those things where so much clarity comes your way. Mm. You know, as, as the rain falls down on you, it's almost like a cleanse, if you will. You know, it's, it's the earth hitting the earth, mm. you know, so I'm caught in between that. Yeah, exactly. The raindrops are falling on my head. That's you know the one that you went to. That's the one I oh, went to. That, you had a whole rain. I had a whole everywhere. Raindrops on. I got all the songs. You get rain what I'm saying? Down. But I say me. that to say that it is a little I dangerous. The rain. It's a little risky. Have you seen the rain? It it allowed me that time to really just kind of do something that I love, unpack why I'm doing it, and and just be in the moment. Yeah, be right. present. Right. You know, candy love rain. It. If you got diabetes, candy. See, look, I'm so for real, like candy rain. Can't do this. It's too much rain. <laughs> rain dance. <laughs> um, nah, man. I definitely have cleansed my soul in Been the baptized. rain waters. <laughs> baptized by the rain Multiple waters. Multiple times. So I, I definitely champion that, my man. And I will say that I relax responsibly this week. Just getting lost in the city. Seriously, I was listening to the brother Kofi's episode and I was reminded about how he would say he would just go to a random space and get lost intentionally to have to find his way back. I did that also on my bike, but I just rode into a direction where it was just kind of like, you know what? I know enough paths. It's kind of like if you were playing uh, like any of those like Grand Theft Auto type games or something like that. I was like, I've done this. I know this race. I know this route. I don't have to make these turns anymore. What if I did all the opposite turn and where was I going to end up? And you, chances are you will get fucking lost. <laughs> when I play Grand Theft Auto, I just stand still and punch people. But that's- I mean, purposely, intentionally got lost and found my way back home inside of that. And I think that just gives you a chance to look at the world with a new 
lease on life a little bit. It's kind of like going away on vacation or going away to a different space. When you see something that is not in your typical pathways, changing your block, changing any of these things, I really want to take a look back into last year, some of the stuff that we had to do to try to find newness. And I don't want to lose a lot of the lessons that came from last year. So I'm trying to purposely embed them into this year. So that's how I relaxed this week. I would... There, no, <laughs> we cannot condone this. Hard stop. <laughs> Hard nah. pass. Man, I grabbed up a really, really nice bottle of whiskey. There I, we go. You might want to leave with that next time. It was dope. The golf course got a little, you know, there might be some new divots. You're talking about you were dri- using a driver on the driving course. That, that's what you're talking about? We can no. condone that. No, no, no. Damn it, Corey. I was trying no. to find a spot for you to I land. Was- Ah. I was nervous because I got a little too lean Missed and I didn't want to. I'm, I'm kind of heavy for the leg out. I got to keep my legs in, in the I'm vehicle still. at all times. None of this is making the show. <laughs> and God. Appreciate how you was relaxing because some part of it was responsible. Some part of it was definitely not. And again, it's probably not going to make the last cut. But nonetheless, I'm happy that you was happy, brother. And you know what? I'm hopeful that somebody will be able to take this into the next direction and move past all of that <laughs> and look forward into the week ahead of us. Brother Jones, what are you hopeful for coming up, man? Well, you know me. I'm I'm hopeful that the folks visit UNDNYC.com, baby. And, you know, they, they come and shop with me, you know, for the experience. You need to be mm-hmm. well-hatted. For the love. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to be well-hatted. You need the support. And if you've been looking for a chance to support, here it is. Okay. Black on business. I will say stand next to that. I am hopeful that. Nope. Not for real. I'm hopeful that we can focus on education over punishment. Okay. There's a lot of situations where people simply are misinformed or ignorant and make a mistake. And sometimes it's better off to just teach them. Some people do need to get that bridge burned and cut off. But let's at least give people the opportunity to learn from their mistakes and grow. Think about how many times you have made a mistake in your past. If I look back at myself 10 years ago, I am not the same dude. And if I was judged 10 years ago in the same light that we are in now, then I would be in that same boat. So the reality of it is, is you have to let people learn sometimes. Just education over punishment whenever the opportunity presents itself. Righteous, brother. And I'm hopeful to take all of this week's learnings and embed them into the actions that I have to take coming into the next week much like i hope the good listeners out there have done once again it's been another fantastic episode of off the strength i'm a trainer called tony you're a trainer Corey. kr jones peace and much love to y'all out there until next time we'll see you soon Follow up